Texas, brother. Now let's get behind him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, the rest of you, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So thankful to be in God's house. So thankful to be here this morning. Uh, Pastor Sammy called me early this morning about 7.30 and surprised me with an invitation to come. Said his back was hurting. So before we get done, he had requested a prayer cloth. Maybe when we get done ministering, we'll, I'd like to get together and have a cloth for him to send for that we don't forget that. But um, the Lord's given me a word for today. And and the Lord confirmed it when I got here and, and the service began to go forth and the things that the Lord began to speak into this body. I knew that the Lord had, had intended for this word to come forth today. Hallelujah. I don't stand around real easy. I have a tendency to move. So I might get hogtied in this corn. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. He is so good. I realize the hour is a little late. But you know what? If you'll get behind me, I'll try to preach fast. Hallelujah. I'll try to I'll try to go ahead and get I'll try to go ahead and get it get the Lord's word out and not delay. If you would stand with me for the reading of the word, we'll just read a little bit, then we'll go ahead and, and preach. We'll be in the book of 1 Samuel, the second chapter. Hallelujah. Uh, how many of you know the word of God is important? Now, we can have all the shouting, we can have all the, all, all, the, all the enjoyment and the spirit. Those are gifts. We enjoy gifts. But there's some necessities that's in the word of God. Hallelujah. And it's for salvation. 1 Samuel, the second chapter, 12th verse. We'll read through 17. It says, Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And the priest's customs with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servants came while the flesh was in seething. While a flesh hook of three teeth in his, uh, with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand, and he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, and that the flesh hook brought up the priest, brought up the priest took for himself, so they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also before they burnt the fat, the priest's servants came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as, as thy soul desireth, then he would ask, answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me jump to the, my next scripture. 1 Kings 17, then we'll go on. Starting verse 1 through 6, says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not... Not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. 
and he drank of the brook. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, God. I thank you for your anointing. God, I am nothing today, Lord Jesus, just your vessel. And Lord, I can't do anything upon myself, God, but if you'll speak through me these few minutes, Lord, if you'll anoint my lips to bring forth the words you've laid in my heart, God, Lord, that someone's life be changed today, God. Lord, we'd be so thankful unto you, Father, giving you all praise. Hallelujah, in your precious name, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. Hallelujah. You started off, we were reading in the book of Samuel about Eli. Now, Eli is the priest. He's the, he's the man of God in this time. There's not a king. He is the only one. He's it. He's the ruler. He's the, he's the judge. He, he's who they, the go-between to find the Lord. There's not a king at this time. And he has two sons, Eli and Hophni. And these sons, if you read over in the chapter before, it, it actually labels them as the priest of the Lord. It says Eli and his sons were priests of the Lord. We find in this chapter, the Bible says that they're the, the sons of Belial. They're, they're of the devil. They've gotten so wicked, the things that's going forth in their life, it's pure wickedness. Now, they're in the midst of the church. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you, if you watch the TV, the news, and the things that's going on right now, things are getting pretty bad all around. I mean, from the pulpit to the back door, uh, uh, to the party house, to the, to the billiards, everywhere you go down to the, to the, to the, uh, the, the, the juke joints and everything. Everywhere you go, sin is getting to an unbelievable level. Now, when you find sin beginning to not only be out, uh, uh, in the, in the place with the world, when you find sin to get to, uh, out into the, uh, to the bars, into the, these places when it gets so bad, and then uh, suddenly you begin to see it creep into the house of God, and you begin to see things take place that you once never dreamed would happen. Well, this is where they were at. Eli was the man of God prophesied that his generation and his family, that it was gonna go forth, but his sons chose a different path. His sons chose something completely different and they begin to decide they wanted to go across what they call I want to. We're in a generation of people that want what we want. We want it not only the way we want it, but we want it when we want it. And we want it now. And we're not willing to wait for God. We're not willing to wait for our mama, our daddy, our neighbors. It doesn't make any sense anymore. Sometimes the things that you see with your eyes, it absolutely blows my mind. We find these two young men, the Bible says that they, they started off small. They started off, they just decided they didn't want to have the, the meat the way it, that the Lord intended for them to have it. But they decided maybe they wanted it rare. Maybe they want, I, I like my steaks a certain way. You know, you can kind of see maybe where they would be led to have it a certain way. Maybe they'd be led and want to have things their own way. And at some point in time, oftentimes we find, especially in the ministry, men of God are never challenged hardly by the other people. We stand more times, more often in front of people. And we preach the Word of God. And if someone should challenge you in something, knowing the Word of God so quickly, we can pick and poke Scriptures out. We can grab little pieces of the Word of God and set most challengers aside because they have a lack of knowledge and a lack of the Word of God and a lack of walking in the anointing. It makes it very easy for God's leaders to fall because the people don't stand up to a level. They just decide that it's okay, we're going to follow whoever this is, whoever the pastor is, whoever the preacher is. And when you look around, we got churches all across town. Some of them are just monstrous. Two and three services, you can't get all the people in. And many of them preaching a watered-down word. 
The Bible said there'll be many of them coming, uh, desiring that tickling of ears. They'll, they'll ha- have people coming in the last days, and they're not looking for someone to change their life. They're looking for somebody to give them some word to make them feel good. Maybe they was out Saturday night and they didn't feel so good Sunday morning and, and somebody hurt their feeling while they was out dancing before the devil. Sons of Belial, doing what they want to do, doing what you think's good. So maybe I'll go to, to church on Sunday and I'll feel a little bit better. Hallelujah. I'm talking about losing that awe with what God is. Losing that reverence, that awe of His presence. Not reverencing that, that real anointing. No longer reverencing what it really is to be in His presence. Men have chosen what they want. Well, here's these men. They, they took this to see and they, they went forth and, and they began to challenge the people. And the Bible says that there was some that said, no, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to take the meat out before it is in the seething. This is a burnt offering unto God. We're bringing this because God wants it this way. We do have the ability to learn traditions. You may walk without a real anointing, but you can follow a tradition because that's just the way things have been going. It said that the priest servants would come forth and say, this is the way we want it. And if they would challenge it, they just... Said, if you won't do it, we're going to force you to do it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Because it's what we want. Why? Because we're an authority. We're God's man. We're God's woman. We do what we want to do because it's what time we want to do it. That's the generation that we're walking in right now. That's the generation of unthankfulness, ungratefulness, children that are, are following and that one time had parents and, and grandparents and those that was following after God's heart, walking in the anointing, hearing His voice, speaking His word. And they said, you know what? It don't matter. I want what I want. And that's where these young men was. The Bible says, we read a little bit further down, it says they even went as far as having sex with women in the doors of the congregation. They took it to a, a whole nother level. Hallelujah. I didn't give you the title of this, but if I was the title of this this morning, it would be it's important what you eat. It's important what you eat. Now we're reading about the things that they choose. They ate what they wanted to eat, the things they wanted to do. Now we read a little further and I'm going to hurry. We read over about Elijah. Now the Bible said that he, he's in a situation, he's got Ahab, the king. The Bible says that he was a king, he, was, he provoked the Lord, his wickedness provoked the Lord more than anyone had ever done, any other king. He had provoked him just to, to a point of, of just nauseousness to God. And Elijah was God's man. Elijah was hearing the voice of God. Elijah was being used by God. Not only listening, but, but, but speaking out what the Lord would have. Just as we have this morning. You know, sometimes we hear things and, and we just won't speak out and we won't stand up. I love what we had here this morning. I love seeing the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible says that you get tongues and interpretation come forth, that it reveal the secrets of man's heart and their lives are changed. If we don't have some gifts of the Spirit working in the house of God, what do we have? Elijah. The Bible says that the Lord said, 
I want you to go down to this brook. Why? Because Elijah had to speak something. He had to speak some judgment to come forth. You know what he spoke? His judgment spoke death unto a lot of people. Didn't happen instantly. But the reality was slowly over this period of time, there was a drought come forth. No dew come upon the earth. No rain coming from the sky. Well, if you don't have any moisture, you don't have any water. If it gets dry, things are going to be to, to dry up. The plants that were growing are no longer growing. And for a little while, you'll still begin to feast and not understand why, why that the, oh, surely this is not going to be no big deal. Surely this isn't going to affect me in this such a way. Surely these things that are, are drying up the spirit of God in my life, surely they're not going to affect me as, as this old man of God says it is. But it got drier and drier. And as they would go down to the gardens and get things, it wasn't long. They started running out of what was in the garden. As they began to hunt the animals, some of the animals began to die off. And in a very short period of time, they began to find something taking place. Hunger. Why? Because nothing could fill them. Hunger. Because they, they couldn't get nothing to satisfy them. Hunger would take place. The Lord said, Elijah, I want you to go down to this brook. I'm going to take care of you. You're the man of God. This judgment is not for you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to feed you what you need to be fed. I'm going to make sure that your thirst is quenched. Why? Because it's not, judgment is not intended for you. I'll protect you. I've got something, provisions made for you. The Bible says that he chose a raven to come by and feed him. It's important what you eat. The Bible says he chose this raven to come by and bring him bread and, and bring him some meat to sustain him. Might not have seemed very important in the beginning. But you let a few years go by. And man, I'm going to tell you something. It become very important. You let a little time pass by. You'd be so thankful for the provisions of God. We live in such a blessed world. We're, we're in such abundance. That's why we're so spoiled to death. We, we're that Laodicean church, I believe. We're in that time where we want what we want. We got what we want. We'll get what we want. And we'll get it fast as we want. Whatever way we got to get it. Because we want what we want. We live in a rat race of people. Running themselves to death. Only to get what they want. Never satisfied. Always looking for something more. Elijah found satisfaction in the provisions of God. He found satisfaction in what God was providing him. But while he was finding satisfaction, there was a people starving. While he was finding satisfaction, there was a people that had no food. While there was satisfaction, people were beginning to, uh, to eat any old thing. If you read over in the stories a little further over, you'll find some of the most disgusting things that they chose to eat. And those things got so valuable because they needed something to fill them. I've heard it often asked why the Lord chose a raven to bring the man of God his provision. Now, we all know that in the Old Testament scriptures that, uh, that there was unclean beasts and there was clean beasts. There was things that God approved of and things that God did not approve of. Why? 
Why would God use an unclean animal to bring the provisions for the man of God? I heard someone mention it one time before. They, they talked about why would God choose an old dirty birdie, a dirty bird, an unclean beast. Why would he use such a thing? you got to realize something. When God is on the verge of making major changes, he will use what is available. He will use. Now, you say, what do you mean what's available? Do you realize that we're talking about a people that didn't eat ravens? They were unclean. Talking about, do you know these are the last creatures that anyone would be thinking about coming to, to take and eat and consume? Because God said these are unclean beasts. He'll use what's available. Now, do you realize that in, in we talked about, about uh, Eli's generation? All that was taking place. All the sin that was manifesting. The people got so sick of the sins that they were seeing. That they began to complain. They began to talk to Eli. Eli, what is this that your sons are doing? What is this? They not only uh, argued with the sons for the things they were taking, they began to go to Eli. Why is this that you won't make a change? What is it? Why are you allowing these things to take place? Eli's an old man and, and he's done let things get so bad that he can't change them. You know, sometimes we find as moms and dads, there's things happen in our kids' lives. They get so grown and stuff. We can't change them. We can only hope for the best. Praise God that we live under a generation of grace and not instant judgment. The Bible says these young men's fate was sealed. But I will tell you something. Revival was coming to Eli's people. The people that he had ministered to. It come through a man named Samuel. A little boy that was brought forth. Revival was coming. It was in the very works. Even though sin was manifesting itself through chaos. God was manifesting something. Hannah. Samuel's mother couldn't understand why it took so long for God to give her a son. She prayed and prayed and prayed. And Eli looked at her as she began to pray in the house of God. Thought she was drunk because she was so burdened down. And he blessed her. He said, go in peace. Let, let the, the desires of your heart, let, let God, let it be so. She changed her countenance. You know what? We are at the very birthing in this generation we are in right now for revival. Samuel could not come until the people got so sick of sin. That the sinners are to the point to where they're sick of sin. You turn on your TV, the things, it's so vile, the nonsense. I heard on, on the, the news just a, a few weeks ago uh, uh, about President uh, Obama. He was talking about the, these uh, games in, in Russia. And he was talking about all the homosexuals and, and how they're so upset that this, this crazy, uh, unfree, communist country that would take and choose to become against homosexuality. I said, oh God, where have we been? What has happened to us? What have we done? They had him get on there. They, they began to speak out. I said, you know, this, since he is, this man in, in Russia has done these things, it's caused so much problems for these homosexual people. It's caused all these problems that even the Orthodox priests are beginning to speak out against it. What's wrong with us? The Word of God tells us what is right. The Word of God speaks that what truth is. 
But see what's happened is the church has allowed the things to come in as, as it did with Eli's son. And, and you know what they want? They want big Cadillacs and they want big churches and they want their name in lights and they want to be a pleasing other people and they want all these things. And somehow or another that watered down word has left people sick. You find people all the time say, yeah, I used to go to church, but I don't go with them bunch of hypocrites. I've seen this, this one and that one. And they've seen sin come into the house of God for so many years after years to where even the sinner is sick of sin. Amen. Change and revival can't come until we get so sick of things. You get so sick of where you are. You get so sick of the sin that takes and holds you back. Makes you a prisoner. Holds you. You know the Bible says the devil, that Satan, he doesn't open the house to his prisoners. He would hold you and keep you and never let you have any freedom. Keep you down and make you think that you're worthless. But I got news for you. Revival's coming. Revival's coming. Revival. Revival is coming. Harvest. Pastor DJ Shoulders has been preaching on harvest. Harvest. I look around this church since the last time I've been here. I see so many new faces. Harvest time is coming. We're starting to see the very results. Why? Because people are sick of sin. People are sick of it. They're sick of it. They were sick of it in Eli's generation. They were sick of the sin in the pulpits then. They were sick of seeing things going forward. And somebody said, I want something real. I'm willing to listen to the word of God. Samuel, come forth as a young adult. The Bible said his words never touched the ground. Why? Because people said, I'm sick of the old. I'm ready for something real with God. I'm ready for something real. Hallelujah. People want what we had here this morning. People want to feel, man, what I felt here this morning. People are longing for something real. It's not enough anymore just to go in and follow the traditions of men and go in and come out. We put a little offering in the plate, think we feel good. Go home, feel a little bit better about ourselves and go on back to our sin. Go on back to the beer joint. Go on back and suck on another cigarette. Go on back and fill your mouth full of pills because you can't get up in the morning. I'm talking about changing your life. I'm talking about something real that changes you. Not just a little bit. I'm talking about a complete change. I'm talking about something real. So why would God use that raven? Because he was available. He was available. You might ask yourself, what does it take to be used of God when you're already marked as something so foul? What would it take for me to be used of God when I've been marked so long? I've played games so long. I've went so long. I don't feel like I can go. I've done these things for so long that it's become part of who I am. I'm marked. I'm labeled as that dirty bird. We look over in the book of Acts. The Bible says that Peter went up on a roof. Take himself a little nap. The Bible says he got caught into a vision. 
said he's seen it as a sheet coming down and, and the four corners come together. And, and as it come down, he began to see these things, these, these dirty birds, if you would. The Bible said it was some animals and things that was unclean. And the Lord said, Peter, rise and eat. Oh, not so, Lord. Not so, Lord. Not in my whole life, Lord. I've never ate anything unclean. I never ate anything unclean. That's how those ravens survived. It was embedded into these people. Even in a desperate situation. That's why those ravens was there. They were available. You know what God will use? He'll use someone that's so sick of being marked dirty. He'll use someone that's so sick of being labeled worthless. He'll take someone that's so sick of being labeled unusable. The Lord said, Peter... Don't call unclean that which I've cleansed. And you know what's so bad? The sheet come down a second time. Same thing that God said. God said, rise and eat, Peter. Not so, Lord! And a third time, the Lord said, Peter, don't you call unclean that which I've cleansed. You want to know the difference in an unclean animal and a clean animal? It's just what they eat. It's what they become accustomed to. You look at all the unclean beasts. They were around dead things. They fed on death. They fed on dirty things. They fed on these things. The only, you know, you know why, why they, you don't eat, they say don't eat shrimp? Why shrimp was labeled? They feed on the bottom. Oh, catfish, they ain't got no scales. He feeds on the bottom. And we all love some catfish. All of us is thankful that what God calls clean after we pray over it is clean. I love some catfish. But let me tell you something. It's important what you eat. All you've got to do to change your life is to start eating somewhere different. You've got to start feeding yourself something alive. Hear what I'm saying. You got to start feeding yourself something different. All it takes to go from being that dirty bird, being marked as unable to be used of God. You know, sometimes we put the biggest marks on ourselves. Sometimes we carry the biggest marks. Who'd have ever thought three and a half years ago I was dealing dope? Who'd have ever thought three and a half years ago I, I've beaten people half to death with pistols? Who would have ever thought that I would have done such a thing and I'd stand here sharing the gospel with you today? Don't tell me God can't clean you up. I don't care where you're at. I'm living proof. I crawled out of that pit I was in. Hallelujah, I got away from the devil's chains. Why? Because I decided to start eating from God's table. I decided I no longer want to eat the things of my past. I don't want to eat sin. I don't want to eat at the devil's table. I don't want to feed on the bottom. It matters what you eat. It matters what you eat. That word come forth this morning for somebody in this service. Don't let the devil tell you that it's too late for you. Don't let the devil tell you that you've tried and tried and you keep going back to the bottom. 
and feeding off the bottom that, you, that it ain't even no use in trying. Do you know the only problem you have with not serving God and going on to hell is that place between life and death. Because as long as air is going into your nostrils and filling up your lungs and you inhale and you exhale and your mind is working, you can choose. But at some point, you've got to choose where you're going to eat. Now, you know, I know a lot of y'all probably like us. I don't know if you did it or not, but we had the Daniel fast this year. Y'all look at me and know that the Daniel fast is hard on a fat boy. It's hard to complete a Daniel fast and go to work and try to eat out anywhere. You've got to become so selective. And not only selective, cautious, because then when you think you found something that you can eat, you find out, God, they put that in there too. My wife come home with some greens from somewhere one day and they was there and she said, oh, honey, I didn't notice it, but there's some meat in that. If you choose to choose. So the problem is we choose not to choose. To do nothing is making a decision. You could go right out of here. You could not accept the word that come forth spoken to us from the Lord. You could choose not to take this word I'm preaching today. I'm going to tell you something. God gave me this word this morning. God gave me this in a, a hurry. I come out of the, the bathroom. I told my wife, I said, boy, God works quick. I had to preach at our home church. I was two or three weeks the last time. I said, God, I just can't get. Somebody, the Lord won't give me a message. The Lord gave me this quick this morning. That's how I know it ain't nothing to do with me. I didn't know what anything who's going to be here. I didn't know what word was going to come forth. But when I began to hear the word of the Lord coming forth and speaking from one to the other, interpreting what the Spirit would say, I said, God, I know now why I'm here. I know now why I'm here. I'm here to tell somebody, I don't care. I don't care what you've been labeled. I don't care what you've labeled yourself. All you've got to do is start eating somewhere different. Let me tell you something. The devil would have you to believe that you cannot get free. Isaiah 14, start verse 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. This is the word of God. It's talking about the devil. This, this is his judgment. Thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake the kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness? Destroyed the cities thereof? That opened not the house to his prisoners? Is, is this him? In, in the presence of God, is this all it was? When God, you know, myself all by myself, with no spirit in me, he looks mighty big. But I'm going to tell you something. With that Holy Ghost we was talking about from Pentecost, with that power working on the inside, I feel like a giant. I feel like David facing Goliath. My God, I 
tell you what, he ain't as big as you think he is. And he does not have the key to the prison door that you're hiding behind. You may be behind a shut door, but let me tell you something, it ain't locked. Isaiah 6 and 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Why? Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. My Jesus. My Jesus. How long will you stay behind the door? How long will you let the devil whoop and beat you? How long will you tune out? As the Lord began to speak a little while ago, the Lord spoke to me. And I didn't speak yet until now what God had spoke to me. But the Lord began to minister unto my heart as if the word was coming forth. And the Lord said, I hear you when you pray. And no one knows that you're praying, but you know. And the Lord had me hold this until now to reveal something to somebody. But God said, I hear you when you pray. And nobody knows you pray. God has you here for a reason today. God has you for a reason here at this point in time. Because today's the day. Today's the day. I don't care how strong the bondage. I don't care how strong the addiction. I don't care how high the wall seems. It's a few steps to an old-fashioned altar. But you can come down here and you can cry your eyes out. You can come down here and say, Lord, forgive me. But if you go back and start feeding from the bottom of the old fish tank and you start getting all that funk and scum and all the nastiness right back into your life, you're only trampling his blood. You're trampling his blood. Remember I talked about the awe? You better realize that blood was important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if y'all have someone come to the music, but I'm about to close. I'm about done. We fix now have an altar hall. Call. Let's stand if you would. I will tell you this. Today... It's not a day like any other. Today is not a day like any other. Because God has visited us greatly. It ain't nothing in me. Brother Paul, I assure everyone, it ain't nothing in me. I'm just a country boy. I wear overalls several days of the week. My wife fusses. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing fancy in me. But I am delivered. I am delivered. I am delivered. And I can tell you that life is good delivered. I'm going to open up and give opportunity for you to come down. Sing this course with me. I don't normally sing. I know this is of the Lord.